listening to Get Real KC with Jen and Eric. Kansas City's consumer-facing real estate podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Get Real KC, where we are overflowing with a passion for all things real estate. I'm Eric Jurgensen. And I'm Jen Justice. And today, we're excited to have in studio with us Megan Considine, who is the agency owner of a Goosehead Insurance Agency here in Kansas City. Yes, that's correct. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Hey, I know that our listeners are just going to be torn up and excited about the concept that we're going to talk about insurance (laughs) again for the next half hour. Although we've got some really cool things that people really need to know and understand. Um, And and then we kind of want to take some time and talk about flood insurance, which uh, is not specific to the difference between a brokerage and a direct agency, but but uh, as a as a broker, you have a lot of information that's really good. So we'll spend some time on that. Yeah. But but first, I kind of want to dive right into it, and I and I want to say, um, we hear the term brokerage a lot. We hear real estate brokerage. We hear a broker who buys stocks and bonds, um, and and those tend to mean the same thing on a very generic level, but let's get very specific about, um, there's probably a lot of our listeners that have not heard of Goosehead before, but mm-hmm. they've heard of other insurance agencies uh, like whatever, you know, uh, State Farm, Allstate, Farmers. We had you know, Robert Rainey with Farmers on earlier. So let's break into what's the difference between an agency and a brokerage? Yeah, that's a great question. And I get that question a lot. Um, So really the biggest difference in the insurance world, you'll hear the words captive agency versus a brokerage model. So in a captive model, um, it essentially, essentially you sign a contract with one company and you can only sell products for that company. So uh, names like Farmers, um, State Farm, um, Allstate, they work in a captive capacity. Um, In a brokerage model or, or a brokerage agency, Um, we essentially have partnerships with multiple insurance carriers instead of just having a partnership with one. So, uh, for example, my agency, we have partnerships with over 20 different carriers that we work with and uh, can basically facilitate that relationship between the insurance carrier and our clients to find them best coverages, best rates for their specific, um, you know, uh, needs. So let me jump in first and, and let's let's lay out your bona fides because you used to own an agency, a state farm agency. I did, yes. And then you chose to move out of that to go to a brokerage. Why? I did. That's a great question. Um, so there's there's multiple reasons and and I started with State Farm and they were a great company. I learned a lot with State Farm. Um, but I just started to find that I had needs that I couldn't address for certain clients. So I was having to essentially having to turn a lot of people away. Um, and you may ask why I would have to do that. Um, every carrier has a basically an appetite and the risk that they're willing to take on. So if you don't really fall within those parameters, then they may not have an, ins- an insurance option for you. Or it may be really expensive. Correct. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean... I, They'll do, price you out, essentially. You... I can't imagine going to an agency and saying, I want to insure, I don't know, my sea dues. And that's not something that that agency particularly enjoys doing. Correct. I can't imagine they would say no. 
they're just going to charge me a huge amount. Is that if it's something that they don't particularly like covering, would that be correct? Correct. I mean, yes and no. So they will actually tell you no um, if they have specific guidelines against that risk. Um, but then oftentimes they'll just price you out. So if it's a high risk situation, they're just going to extend a very high price tag. Um, or high high risk to them because I get right. it. I mean, uh, mortgage brokers are no different right now. They've got an appetite for certain types of loans. And when you get outside of that, you get a way higher interest rate or a way higher down payment. So everybody's just got, I guess, more of specialty might be a way to put it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's so if you think about it, there's so many risks that insurance companies take on when they're offering to an, insure an individual or a building or a car. Um, so they have to sort of set parameters in place so they can kind of gauge uh, their price to risk and make sure that they're essentially taking in more money than they're paying out. If that makes sense. Yeah, well. That's yeah. a business. Yeah, 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 exactly. And insurance companies are good at that. So, yes. Uh, most of them. So in just one example of this, so with uh, my previous company specifically, if a client came to us that owned a home that had had a claim in the last five years, they would not be eligible for a homeowner's policy with uh, that company, State Farm. Um, so that's a lot of, I mean, we're, we all have claims, hail claims, you know, wind claims. It's very frequent. I say, who buys happen. a roof in Kansas City and besides insurance companies? Yes, exactly. So so that was one one specific example that I could give um, that would make someone ineligible. And there's many more. But um, essentially, that brokerage model just allows you, there's really no situation that I can't insure at this point in working with so many different companies. Yeah, when you have 20 different options, you've got a wide variety of, hey, this company will price this, or this company will price this, and this is why, and this is how, and mm-hmm. all the different parameters that come with insurance. Okay, so Every- I'm a consumer, and and uh, this this may actually be me, right? <laughs> but, but I'm a consumer, and I've decided for whatever reason, uh, just because it seems intelligent to do every once in a while, because I'm buying a new home, um, I've decided to shop insurance. And um, insurance, in our discussion, probably focuses around homeowners insurance, but also content, collections, all the Renters, thing. we do. Renters we insurance, refer a lot of renters insurance. How, what are the... What are some of the things that I can do? I don't even know what questions to ask when, because because I know when I try to compare insurance companies, and and I suspect this is done on purpose. A lot of industries do. It becomes really really hard for me to compare apples to apples. Sure. To say nothing of that sort of, um, uh, I don't know. I don't want to call it soft, but intangible uh, benefit of. Are we going to get fought on real claims? How well do they pay? So as a consumer, what kind of recommendations do you have for them to try to figure out who to go with? Yeah, that can be daunting. Um, I mean, I remember the knowledge that I had prior to getting into insurance, and it was minimal, right? It's a it's a complex financial You mean agreement. kind of like mine right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's it can be daunting for sure. So, I mean, my biggest piece of advice, honestly, is just to find a great agent who will sit down and walk you through those things. I don't think that, um, and honestly, this is kind of a beef I have with the in- insurance industry. They've they've sort of commoditi- commoditized the product and they say, get online, you can shop in 60 seconds and set up a policy. Well, no consumer who's not, who hasn't taken a lot of education on insurance should be setting up their own insurance, home insurance policy. It just shouldn't happen. Um, I mean, we have the same thing in real estate. I was just thinking the similarities yeah. here in the real estate industry are 
very striking and I never honestly thought of it before, but you know, it, it's the same as um, someone who tries to do a for sale by owner with their largest financial asset. Mm-hmm. Yes. Usually they don't end up saving money. They end up costing themselves money, but they went into it thinking, oh, I'm going to save a real estate commission. And they have essentially done themselves a huge disservice and taken on a huge amount of liability because they don't know what they're doing. Well, so true. It, it, so true. I think it's impossible to sit down with me for an adult beverage and not hear me complain about the commoditization <laughs> of something that we've tried to make it where it's, you know, it's like buying socks and it's just in service. That's just not the right way to go, in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we all have to, right? You guys had to take hours and hours of training and you had to pass a, a, a very challenging test. Same here. Um, you know, we and we continue to do continuing education. I know we all do in this room. So. Um, it's something that we're spending a lot of time on. So it's it's very important to have a professional in any capacity um, in that regard. So I think just to, to answer your initial question, I think just finding somebody that will sit down and talk with you. My biggest pet peeve and what I tell people, if you <clears throat> are working with a brokerage or an agent and they simply email you a quote with no explanation, they don't have a conversation with you, get a little more in-depth on coverages, maybe discover some additional needs you may have, um, Fire them immediately. Uh, you need to be with someone that will sit down and, and sort of advise you and talk with you. Yeah, no, I mean that's 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 such fantastic advice, uh, and it's very similar to what we try to give in our industry. If if all they're going to do is say, yeah, this is what I charge, and this is what your house, will be, and no discussion, mm-hmm. no understanding what your wants and needs are, and, and walking through some options. Um, yeah, it's and a personal story on that. So a few years ago, we switched carriers. And I found out that because I didn't look through, it's usually about eight pages of some sort of declaration. And I'd be lying if I said I read through eight pages (laughs) in depth of that. Now, real estate stuff, I read the whole thing every time for every client. I look through it. And if I'm not familiar with that, I really read it very hardcore. I should do the same service to myself, but I didn't. And so the existing policy that we had missed fireplaces. It missed... um, shops but it missed a lot of things that we had and so when they were going through not only were they able to give us a better quote than I was getting but they were able to give us better coverage that was actually matching with the home mm-hmm. which I was kind of astounded that all of that had, had been missed yeah absolutely. I just didn't know you don't know what you don't know absolutely yep yeah and I think I kind of explain it to my my clients like this um think of your agent as a cook or a chef um, there, every agent is going to sort of have their own recipe. Um, some are going to be a lot better than others. So you really want to kind of get in depth on that. And then, uh, just another food analogy. Um, <laughs> you a foodie? <laughs> yes. Uh, so you don't look like it at all. <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> Eric resembles that remark. I, I was going to say, I, 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 I have the body Eric. built for radio. I look like I'm a foodie and I only eat like seven things. I'm the pickiest eater in the world. So that's, so that's. Don't judge that book by its cover. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, but you, I kind of describe it as you have sort of your meat and potatoes, your policy, which is are going to be some sort of built-in things that don't change. But then there's a lot of additional endorsements that are important, little nuances that will change, as you mentioned, Jen, um, the policy, the price, all those things. So that's that's why it gets really important to um, have sort of a trusted advisor that is going to walk through that with you. Such our philosophy and subscription as well. Trusted advisor. <laughs> Through the process, educational journey. Yes, yep. very important. So, um, I love your cook analogy too. I'm writing that down. <laughs> that was a really good one. So, personally, um, 
all of my, almost all of my, if not all of my insurance is through an agency. It's through uh, an agency. Uh, I've been with them for uh, more like 20, 30 years, some ridiculous amount, <laughs> since college, and I'm pretty old. Um, the uh, two things have happened when I've asked people to look at it. Number one, I haven't had a lot of claims, and so I think any insurance carrier will potentially reduce your um, premiums or not increase them or whatever with a long period of that claims. And then the second thing is, is, is the power of the bundle, right? So we, because of course that's what they're doing is they're discounting a little bit to get all of that. Okay. When I've had people look at just an individual insurance, they can't compete financially. Um, how, what, how much trouble does a person get into or do they lose money if they end up finding out that, um, you know, hey, my house is best served by uh, this insurance carrier that you've brought to them, and then my car is, be- you know, and how powerful is that financially, mm-hmm. um, in your opinion or your experience? And and you're just referring to the cost savings in general, if of keeping everything right. in one with one company. Um, am, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Um, yeah. So so it. it the answer to that is it depends on the company. <laughs> sure. So um, some companies do um, reward you much more significantly for bundling everything together. Um, and then so I, I'll go back to State Farm just because of my experience with them. Um, their, their bundling discounts uh, were much more advantageous. But I often found if you, if you didn't insure maybe someone's vehicles and you were trying to insure the home – Without it, you had no um, chance of competing. Um, so they they offer it's much more advantageous. Now I currently work with a lot of carriers who operate in a similar capacity, uh, and then I work with some who who their multi line discount isn't as extreme. So sometimes um, I had a client yesterday, uh, it ended up being better for her. She saved five hundred dollars a year uh, when we placed her home with Travelers and her auto with Progressive, as opposed to putting them all with Travelers. So. Um, it just it, it depends, and that's kind of the benefit of working with a broker is you can you can play around with that a little bit more. So, is Progressive's um, appetite mainly geared towards auto? I'm curious. Uh, they do actually have a home provider, but what they do is they actually partner with different insurance companies, um, and they're different in different parts of the country um, on their home side. So, ah, a- okay, ASI, that makes sense now. Yeah, different different parts, different regions, different risks. Exactly. Got it. So ASI is their is their um, their carrier that is uh, that they partner with for Missouri and Kansas. Very good. Since you're dealing with multiple carriers and um, um, researching them, trying to figure out, does it take longer to put a quote together? If I came to you and said, "Hey, I've got home, I've got auto," um, I think those would be the two big ones. I well, have. most people that we would probably refer would be buying a home. So they would be coming into buying a home, maybe from a renter situation, maybe from a previous home situation. But does it make sense that you always look at their full piece of the pie? Or does it make sense, hey, we'll come to you for the home quote now and figure the rest of this out later? Does it matter if I'm at renewal or not at renewal or those kind of things? Yeah. So I always highly encourage my clients to let me look at their entire insurance insurance portfolio. Um, again, that just allows me to make the best overall assessment. And you know what? Sometimes I'll look at their auto and they're, they're in the best spot where they're at. And that's what we tell them. Stay there. Let's, let's ensure your new home, your first home purchase here. Um, but yeah, by getting the chance to look at everything, the majority of the time, as you mentioned before, they, 
we can bundle it and then save them generally on home and auto at that point. So, um, so yes. And what was your original question? I so, just got on a tangent there. Yeah, no, that's quite all right. So, so if I come to you, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm under contract on my first home uh-huh. and I need to get insurance. How long does it take you okay, to put together you. a quote? A day, a week? Yes. Uh, that's a great question. Cause we are doing, obviously there's a little more work involved. Um, and this is one of the things that when I was actually exploring different independent opportunities uh, and looking at different brokerage brokerages to partner with, um, one of the things that really struck me about Goosehead uh, is they, are, they have very innovative technology. So they've actually created some systems to where I can just plug in um, very basic information. So birth dates, names, addresses, and then it will, uh, within about two minutes, it shoots out um, top 15 carriers. So at that point, I'm going to narrow it down to the top three. And then that's going to allow me to essentially bridge, bridge at that point into those carriers, focus on them, uh, which really expedites that process. Um, and to my knowledge, there's not a lot of insurance brokerages out there with that technology. So, And then uh, in addition to that, we've streamlined the underwriting sort of um, evaluation process. Uh, so we have a really nice flow chart to where I can just go and say, hey, this client has a pit bull. Let me look down this chart really quick. I'm going to pick out my three carriers that are going to insure a client with a pit bull. Um, and then I can, I can do that within a few minutes. And, and then so I get do you to get quotes back same day then? Yeah. So, so I guarantee um, when I'm talking with prospects, uh, I get quotes back within 24 hours. So from the time wow. getting there, Impressive. getting their information, um, I'm going to get quotes done and we're going to set up a time to have a conversation about the quotes that, that have been done and generated for them. Uh, within 24 hours. Nice. Absolutely. Uh, Before we move into flood insurance, which is going to be an interesting topic, one last thing sort of in general insurance, um, and I mentioned it earlier, sort of that uh, non-quantifiable thing that you're looking at for an insurance company, which is, you know, how is this insurance company paying claims? I myself have had some struggles Mm -hmm. uh, with my um, single agency with claims um, li- literally the houses to the left and right in front of behind of me and the entire neighborhood all had their roofs replaced and my insurance company said, oh, your roof doesn't have any damage, which of course, you know, and so that was an interesting battle. Yeah. Um, h- how do you, how do you recommend a, a, a consumer um, add that in to their equation or, or are there ways to figure that out? And is it tougher because, they their home and auto might be from different carriers. Yeah, so so dividing your how dividing the products up to different carriers wouldn't necessarily create a challenge. Um, you're not going to be treated um, worse, I should say, because you may have your autos insured with a company, but not your home. They wouldn't necessarily look at it like that. Um, I, I would say the first rule of thumb is make sure that the carrier that you're insured with carries at least an A rating. Um, And so that's going to pertain to their financial viability or their ability to pay out on claims. Uh, And they're measuring that really in a catastrophic, catastrophic, excuse me, type scenario. So we have fires across the whole state of California. If this carrier has 50 percent of their of their business in that area, will they be able to pay out on a massive scale? Um, So where where do you find that rating? Who publishes that? um, So go to AM Best. And then you can actually search uh, insurance carriers, 
and it will display their uh, their rating. Is that just for, the word the letters A M and then best? Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, great tool. Yeah. Thanks for uh, that tool. That's especially good for our listeners and to check people. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, Jen. Um, that's something too that you can ask your agent. So for our one of our requirements uh, to partner with our brokerage is that you have to carry at least an A rating or better. So you, better what's than better a? than A? Yeah. yeah. A plus. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and actually there's A plus plus. So, um, and that's that, a confusing scale because yeah. <laughs> you would automatically assume A is great. A is A plus, A plus plus. Yeah. Yes. It's just like AP credit in high school. <laughs> oh boy. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but your, your agent should know that if they partner with, um, carriers that only carry an A rating or better. Um, so that would be number one thing. And then, um, I think as far as, <clears throat> claim payout, a lot of that has to do with agent that you work with. So even um, working from a captive in a captive capacity to now working in a brokerage model, I handle my claims process the exact same way. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to really, um, I kind of, I tell my clients, consider me your liaison between you and the claims department of that particular carrier. Um, and I'm just really going to work between the two of you to make sure that the client's having the best experience. So some of the ways we uh, sort of safeguard that is, like, I advise my clients to call me first if they feel like they have a homeowner's claim. We're going to get contractors out there. I work with some of the best contractors um, to say, hey, uh, yes, in fact, he does have roof damage. This would be our estimate. And then that gives us a leg up when we're bringing that to the carrier themselves. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think it just so has that, a lot that to goes back agent. to selecting a good uh, insurance agent um, to make sure that that professional is got your interests in, in their mind. Best so. advocate for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to win all the battles, um, but if you have somebody that is, like you said, Jen, is an advocate and in your corner and fighting for you, that's key. All right. So let's take a hard turn uh, just because there's some really cool things I think you're going to be able to uh, put on the table that a lot of people don't know about. And we're going to talk about flood insurance. But first, I'm going to ask Jen. Jen, Tell everybody what flood insurance is and why you need it. So in our area, we have a lot of lakes, creeks, rivers. This is the greater Kansas City area. And homes that are near those, even some homes that aren't, may be subject to like levee areas. That's probably another one. I know Parkville and uh, even North Kansas City and Riverside. Mm -hmm. Those are all some of those areas that were affected by the flood of 1993 and may be considered in a flood zone. And just because a house is in a flood zone doesn't mean you can't buy it or doesn't mean that it's not a good investment for your future. It just means that you've got some risk that you need to consider when you're going into that. And flood insurance helps mitigate that risk from a financial perspective, in my opinion. And you can shed even a little more light. But why this is so near and dear to my heart is that as a... um, advocate for private property rights and as an advocate for our real estate industry, I have literally spent years with our elected officials telling them that our flood insurance programs need to change, that we have technology available and we have things. And I literally went to DC and I know for five years, um, I talked about the private sector Mm -hmm. getting in this market, which I know you're going to talk about. So it's really kind of rewarding to see some of that coming to fruition and some exciting news that I'll let you drop that you just told me literally today. So So before we get there, just to clarify a couple of things for people that uh, aren't familiar, um, 
how do I, when I buy a home, how do I know it's in a flood zone? And then am I going to be required to get flood insurance, like by my lender or something like that? Hit that one for us. Yes. And you would know, typically it's disclosed that it is in a flood plain. And you look for that, it's on the listing, and then it should also be disclosed in the seller's disclosure. I'm not sure what line that is, but it asks, is this property in a floodplain? And if the answer is yes, and you are getting a mortgage against the property, that will be a requirement. And I would say even if you're paying cash for the property, it would be a good idea to obtain flood insurance. But the answer is it should be on the listing. And if it's not on the listing, a lot of times when you call for insurance, you're going to get a hey, this property is in a floodplain. Sometimes it is just an innocent mistake that somebody didn't know or somebody was misinformed or the homeowner just forgot. They've lived there for 20 years and it's an elderly lady and she didn't know or she forgot, whatever. But sometimes there's some negligence going on or some sure. some shady business. As, so. real, as realtors, we have access to maybe, well, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds about the maps, but we have access to maps that should give us an indication of whether it's in a flood zone. So yeah, it should definitely be disclosed. Let's jump now to you, Megan. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about insurance and let's start by giving us a, a bird's eye view of what the traditional insurance option is for somebody who needs to insure their home that many people may have heard of. Yes. So in regards to the, the flood, um, it's going to be NFIP right. or through FEMA, through the government. Uh, for many, many years, as Jen mentioned, that was your only option. Um, if you came back in a high-risk flood zone, your only option was to uh, obtain coverage through FEMA or NFIP. So let's talk about that for just a minute. Mm -hmm. And I realize that's not something that you do, It's but you're probably more familiar with it than any of us here. Probably had to deal with it a little more than we do. Well, Certainly. yeah, and we actually do. So we, we broker for broker FEMA. Broker for, for yeah. FEMA? Okay. Uh -huh. so. You just have lots of options, as we've oh, already yeah. stated. So, so <laughs> what is the uh, – is is flood insurance, particularly from NFIP, is it – do we consider it expensive or is it case by case? Can it be pretty horrible? I mean – Tell us about cost first. It's absolutely expensive, and it can be horrible. Okay. <laughs> um, it's it, it's always I will say this 100 percent of the time it's always an additional cost that the that the buyer was not anticipating, um, and as Jen can probably speak to more than myself, has probably killed a lot of real estate transactions. Well, the fact of the matter is that a lot of these homes that are in the flood insurance area are not your luxury high-end homes. So they're coming at it from an affordability perspective, making that offer to begin with from an affordability perspective, and everybody's got a budget that they're working with. Yeah. And if you come behind them and you throw at them, because traditional insurance may be $1,200 a year. So the, their lender may have put in that traditional estimate when they were figuring their um, initial closing costs, et cetera, all of the things that we do in the beginning trying to figure out a budget. When we throw a $6,000 a year flood insurance premium at a buyer that's looking at a $140,000 property, mm -hmm. that's right. typically a deal killer. That's $500 a month more. On their well, they can't yeah. afford that. Yeah. And that's not even reasonable, quite frankly. Right. So, Absolutely. but it happens. It does happen. And the NFIP, and I know this is part of the reason why you've been a huge advocate, Jen, but one of the big problems with it, and again, not to get too terribly into detail, is, is maps, right? Correct. And there, the maps that the NFIP uses are, what, thirty years old or something? Yeah, probably older. Uh, extremely antiquated mapping system that yes. was not done by drones or any of that other stuff <laughs> that we now have today that can 
totally check elevations and give us yeah. data. So, so we know, we've known, like I say, Jen's been a, a, just this massive advocate over the mm-hmm. years. It's one of the big topics uh, from an advocacy perspective that, that, you know, she's taught me to be passionate about. Tell us about what the insurance industry has now done and some options you can bring to the table. Yeah, and it was fascinating to hear about that, Jen, because, um, you know, we always think about in our world what we're doing, but I never thought about you sort of advocating. Oh, National on, Association on of Realtors and the They're um, probably tired pack. of hearing her oh, yeah. talking about it's, it. It's, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I guarantee you that's sort of probably uh, one of the, the many reasons why these private options have emerged. And FEMA, which I'll talk about shortly, is actually changing um, and will be sort of evolving very soon. So, um Yes, for probably about five years ago, private flood insurance options started to emerge in the market. Um, they kind of hit co- coastal areas faster than they did, um, but we're starting to see them more and more now in the Midwest. Um, and they just offer a much more affordable option for consumers. So, um, and, and one of the reasons behind that is because they developed a system with satellites and drones to really create um, a much more up to date. And um, incorrect mapping system, I guess I should say. Accurate. It, accurate. Thank you. Yes. It, it really, and it can actually pinpoint down to the property and really rate each property um, based on their credentials and their location and all those things, as opposed to just sort of putting everyone in this mass area. This one's blue. This one's green. This one's red. And that means your premium is this. And it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you're closer to that body of water or not. I mean, that's just your color. So mm-hmm. that's where you're at. <laughs> Well, and as you know too, Jen, on a if you're if if it's determined that your home is in a flood zone, it can be ten feet of one left corner, corner. of the house. I've mm-hmm. had that. I've definitely and had that in my experience. Yeah, you're stuck buying flood insurance for the whole mm-hmm. property, um, and at crazy you know rates. So again, that's something that that these private companies are taking into account and really adjusting price accordingly based on that information. Based on the real risk so. available or inherent, I guess is the word. Yeah. The, the other benefit, too, I'll mention about the private companies is um, they're offering a lot more extensive coverage. So with with uh, NFIP, the max that they would offer on a structure is $250,000. Uh, with private carriers, you can go all the way up to $2 million in coverage. Wow, that's a huge difference. Huge uh, difference. Yeah, the people, Especially for those oceanfront homes. Yeah, so huh? the people in Malibu probably appreciate mm-hmm. that. And then um, they offer things like loss of use protection. So if you're displaced from your home due to a flood, uh, they'll pay for you to essentially stay somewhere else while they're repairing your house. And then um, also coverage on other structures. So if you have, if you live on a property and you potentially have a huge barn on the property, in the past, you would actually have to purchase a separate policy with FEMA for that additional structure on your property. Oh, wow. So, so we've got the insurance industry coming in and doing what we would have hoped the federal government would have done a long time ago. But you say the federal government's evolving. What are they doing? What is FEMA doing? Yeah, so I, I actually, this is sort of, um, this information is is sort of trickling down to me at this point as well, but I, I just topped on a call last week um, about some news with FEMA. They are rolling out their FEMA 2.0 program in October, and they are basically um, going to start utilizing this technology that we've had for quite some time uh, with the drones and the satellites, and they will be completely remapping um, their flood zones. So, um, it's... I would say uh, for consumers to be on the lookout, if you currently have a flood policy with FEMA, um, check out your renewal because it could affect your renewal pricing with them. And it could go down or up, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, They're anticipating more policies will actually go up than down. 
Um, so it might be a really good time to uh, check out a private flood option. Um, but yes, it, it will go in both directions. Uh, and then they're also saying that homes that were formerly grandfathered in, which means that they did not have to have, if you've lived there for a certain amount of time, you did not, you were not required to have flood insurance, uh, that will actually go away. So, um, so hopefully, I mean, looking forward on this, hopefully in the future, this will allow FEMA to continue to evolve and create more accurate pricing for clients. But it's, I think it's really um, great to know that at this point we have some other options too with private flood carriers. Um, and one more, one more thing I'll add on that, uh, all of these carriers are being backed by companies that have been around for over 100 years. So they're being backed by companies like Lloyd's of London, uh, Zurich, um, companies that carry that A rating or better that I mentioned. Uh, so they have that financial viability and ability to pay out. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, we're getting close to running out of time. Uh, I've got sort of the last question we ask everybody who comes in the podcast to finish off. So what is the craziest thing you've seen associated with residential real estate when it comes to your business and insurance? Um, yeah, I had to uh, sort of rack my mind on this one. But I think that um, I had in my first six months of uh, of going in or being in insurance, I should say, um, I had a prospect come to me with a home that I'm not quite sure what it was, but it was basically two old um, modular, like aluminum homes that he had like welded together. Oh, wow. Um, with additional metal. <laughs> Some sheet metal working. In pro- yes. Was this guy a part of a union, a local? No, okay. um, this is in. So I actually worked in. Uh, I started my career in Oklahoma. Uh, so it was in um, an area of Oklahoma. But. Um, nicest guy. I had to unfortunately deliver the news that I had could not find a carrier that was willing to insure this risk, um, just based on on what was kind of going on. So what but, you're saying is, is if you build a home of self welded scrap metal, it may not be able to be insured. <laughs> Potentially, yes. Ah, <laughs> Sounds affordable. I'll, I'll try my best to find a carrier, though. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. All right. Well, speaking of that, I'm assuming that um, it, it's a good thing for a consumer to regularly kind of do a checkup, just like they go to the doctor regularly, hopefully. Uh, it's just to make sure that things haven't changed, that their stuff is being insured. And that's probably with their current carrier, but it's also probably pretty smart to get out and let somebody else take a swing at it, uh, take a look at it, just to make sure that your rates are still competitive for what it is you're insuring. Uh, and uh, if our listeners wanted to do that and they wanted to call you, uh, how would they get a hold of you? Yeah. Um, so, yes, very important to, to assess those things on, um, you know, at least every other year, I would say. Um, and they can get a hold of me at 913-888-8787. Uh, my email is a little bit longer, megan.constein at com. Okay, let's spell it out for them. <laughs> okay. Uh, so it's Megan, M-E-G-A-N dot C-O-N-S-I-D-I-N-E at goosehead.com. And that's G-O-O-S-E-H-E-A-D. And then you have an office in the uh, Lenexa Overland Park area, like right on the border somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. So across the street, you're in Overland Park, but my office is in Lenexa. Uh, We are right across the street from Oak Park Mall and um, right next to Dan Dan the Taylor Man. How can you not know that? So I know that's pretty awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been very informative. It's been a pleasure having you. Uh, I, 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 um, 
Uh, I'm thinking that as we dive into much more particular topics, which we'll do within insurance, maybe you'll come back and visit with us. I would love to. Thanks and I'll definitely me. drop you tomorrow. I'm teaching legislation affecting home ownership, and this will be a great update to NFIP, and I'll make sure they know there's private options out there, and I met a great person if they have some needs for that. So thank you so much Fantastic. for being here. Fantastic. That's great. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's all the time we have. Thanks for joining us. Until next time. You have been listening to Get Real KC with Eric Jurgensen and Jen Justice. For more information or to contact our hosts, visit us at dreamhomesbygen.com where you can find more episodes exploring real estate as it matters to you.